I'm Kevin. And I'm Craig. And we are back with episode 10 of, not the podcast in general, there's yeah. like 180 episodes, but episode 10 of Watchmen. Watchmen. What, what did I title the first one? Watchmen of the Machine? It might what? have been that. Or it, it might have been Who Watches the Watchmen? No, 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 it wasn't that, because I, I Google. so I Oh, yeah, you that. already used that as an as a episode there title. There were so many of them, too. Yeah. Like, so I did that back when me and Patrick did it, but I I looked it up. There's actually podcasts titled that. There's freaking, like, websites titled that. There's podcasts. It might have been The Watchmen of the Machine. I think it was Watchmen of the Machine. Although, Who Watches the Men of the Machine is a good one. Oh, yeah. It actually might have been that. That yeah, feels I mean, long. I could check. Research is for the birds. I mean, this would only take, like... All of two seconds, because we you haven't really done any One of Mississippi. Of Who watches two, the Men of the Machine? There it is. See, yeah. you knew it. Less than two seconds. You were so on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, but no, uh, this one is not that one. This is the tenth one of those ones yes. uh, where we dissect, break down, and discuss each individual issue of Watchmen. Oh, did you want to do the thing that we didn't get to do last episode? You had something like planned in the beginning, some improv. Oh, I had a whole role playing thing I wanted to do. I had a I had a script thing uh, written out on my phone. I don't oh. know if I still have it. Meh. Oh well. For the birds, I'll For come up birds. with something clever again. Bird is the word. Yeah, I like having something clever at the beginning to you know set us into our into into our groove. Because um, as they say, rhythm is a dancer. It's a soul companion. You can feel it in the air. You know that song, right? No. Rhythm is a dancer. It's a soul companion. You can feel it in the air. Okay, yeah, I know that. I know Winter that song. boo doo I don't know the next verse to this song right here. It's one of those 90s dance songs. Oh, totally. Yeah. It, I it, love 90s dance songs. If they're see, so great. If you see a 90s comedy and they're in a club and there's lights, mts, 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 it's like one of, it's either that or it's like, groove is in the heart. Great song. Yeah. What about, uh, Wanna be my lover, wanna be my lover. That's a good one. Uh, what is love by Hadaway? Yep. That's always the so many '90s rave slash club slash dance hits. And of course, you can't forget about Sarud Dancestorm. That is, I, is that a '90s? Yeah. That's, oh yeah, that yeah. It is, is the '90s dance. I I I always knew of it and then never cared to ever learn about it until I heard the. Um, uh, recorder version of it on YouTube <laughs> that is like one of my favorite oh. YouTube videos ever. Well, uh, it was like the early 2000s, and my uh, buddy Wayne, he loves all that techno. And oh, then yeah. he like graduated to like uh, Tiesto and ATB and Oaken, Paul Oaken, Oakenfold, Oakenfeld, Oaken. Not into the genre, I don't know. Yeah. The, the hip so lingo. He really liked it, so I like, I've listened to Sandstorm before the meme. Yeah, before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And now it's not cool, so you don't listen to it. It's like fun, whatever. No, no, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's on my phone. To, yeah, I listen to it regularly. It's a fun song. You <laughs> I know. Can just it yeah, you're like sitting at your desk and you're just like, wait for it. Hold on. Oh, and how hold, could hold on? It's not done. I'm in my head, building. Oh wait, I'm thinking of the recorder one again. Because <laughs> I was gonna do the but that's the recorder one. The normal one doesn't have that horn. Yeah. Ah, of whatever. course, we can't forget about Scatman. I'm a scat man. Oh, I was going to go with a melody. I'm a scat man. Uh, my buddy showed me that in like 10th grade, 9th grade. And it was old at that point. Mm. Like it had already been done into jam at that point. Yeah. What a guy. 
Not the same as Scatman Crothers. I don't know who Scatman Crothers is. I heard it, though. Thought they were talking about Scatman, and it wasn't. Scatman well, Crothers is like a 70s I wouldn't or 80s be, Yeah, or I something. wouldn't be surprised if Scatman sees a lot, because Scat is just the... It's the jazz part of jazz. Yeah. The jazzy part. Yeah, the jazzy part. Yeah, I love it. It's good stuff. Uh, So, chapter 10. Chapter X. Sorry, I'm so sorry. X won't give it to you. Do you know the iPhones? It's the iPhone 10, and people keep calling it the iPhone X, and the mm. iPhone XR. No, it's the 10R and the 10S. People are just so dumb. Yeah. They just want to see the X. They're so far behind. Like, us Final Fantasy fans, we've already had our Final Fantasy 10, so we don't have to worry about that. You mean that. your Final Fantasy X. <laughs> and your Final Fantasy X2. X2. <laughs> X-Men United. Yeah. I believe that's what that game's called. I'm pretty sure, title. yeah. Yeah. Is that one going to get a remake, too? Or has it already? Uh, oh, yeah, like, uh, both 10 and 10.2 have HD remakes. Yeesh. Yeah, you can get them on Steam. They've been out for a couple of years now. <sighs> They're going to get full remasters in another couple of years, and then another couple of years. And I hate it so much. I don't mind, like, the remake for 7, because that's, like, an old-ass, like, pixel thing from yeah. the PS1. Oh, a disaster. But, like, anything from PS2 onwards, I don't think needs a remake, because it's already, like, pretty good on its own. And it also depends. We talked about this in length at work. It depends on the... St- the uh, intent and, and style of the remake remaster whatever the hell you want re-release all that kind of fun stuff um if, if like resident evil 2 final fantasy 7 um there's another one that i'm completely blanking out spyro was it a complete oh, yeah. engine remake those kinds of things are cool you're updating the game to have proper controls graphics even adding story elements all that good stuff that's awesome but like the Last of Us came out on the PS3, so we need an HD remake for the PS4. No, we don't. No, we don't. Skyrim, don't get me wrong. I'm happy they made an HD remake. Never needed to exist. No, get I, that out of here. I want the next... I want Elder Scrolls Six. Fuck <sighs> off with the, the 13th happen. variation. It's not gonna happen. It will happen, like, eventually, but not, like, as soon as people want. They put out the... That was last year's E3. They were like, hey, guys, we have a surprise in the Elder Scrolls universe. <gasps> and all it was was a like sweeping landscape of Skyrim's yeah. landscape that just said Elder Scrolls 6 on it. Yeah. They're like, "Didn't hey, even give you the title." Don't worry. We'll get to it. Yeah, no title, no new map showage. No, we haven't even got nothing. their ni- new IP yet. Like Outer yeah. Worlds became came out before their new IP. Outer Worlds was fine. I doubt I, I didn't it, but I, I didn't, didn't get far enough. I didn't finish playing. Like I know a lot of people like uh uh were like very big on it but you could what speed run the game in 40 minutes or something oh any of those games see you'll you <laughs> they're breakable yeah oh i'm sorry no it's good that's what people that's what they want they Jason, want the i've heard he loves it no really? yeah that's what he told me in mm-hmm. private because we hang out but that's <laughs> it's not here or there chapter 10 chapter 10 uh of watchmen is called two riders were approaching wow and it's actually really it's the first time that i've had this scenario even though i'm sure it's happened in other ones and i just was being an idiot where the first page actually uses the title as text for the panel pretty much um titles as text for the so the title at the very bottom is two riders were approaching and the very first page is well, the vice president and the president approaching oh, yeah. the secret bunker. Two riders were approaching. And again, I'm sure it's happened before, whether it be in a direct it or a cheeky have. way. Um, but this was the first one where I noticed it aggressively, like, oh, you're late. Oh, yeah, like, 
you could take that title and think it's talking about this, right. even though it's talking about something we'll get to the end of the chapter. Right, and I didn't... They've done that. It's always... The title's always tied in in some way, but this was the first time I felt like it was it was interchangeable with the text. Like, the last chapter, The Darkness of Mere Being, it describes a panel as being black and saying don't, but it doesn't work as... You know yeah. what I mean? Like, as the dialogue for it. So anyways, that's what I noticed about this one. I thought that was really freaking cool. Um, it's It's... Nixon and whoever his vice president was, I, I don't know. Do you know? Remember? Well, I know at I want to say it was. Wait, was it Agnew or Ford? I'm gonna I'm gonna look. Gerald up. Ford. Hmm. Let's see. That's one of my favorite SNL skits. Gerald Ford died today <laughs> at the age of 63, and he does he does every year of Gerald Ford. <laughs> Gerald Ford. He's was being, that was that Farrell? Yeah, Will Farrell. He's being Tom Brokaw. And it's, I always thought it was really funny. It's like he died today when he was eaten by a pack of wolves. And it's like, oh, well, that'll never happen. But he's he's going to, on vacation, so he wants to make sure he has every single ver- version of Gerald Ford dying. Okay, so I was correct that uh, with both names, but Spiro Agnew was the first one from 1969 to 1973. Maybe he died. I don't know. Yeah. That happened before I was born. I, I will Wikipedia it later and tell you if I remember next episode. We'll get back. Yeah, we'll get and then back. Gerald Ford was 73 to 74. That's why I think Agnew probably died because 73, 74, yeah. yeah, a year. Yeah. And I think I think it's is Ford in in the oh, comic. Oh, Nixon only got one year out of his second president's second term. Uh, oh yeah, because like um um, uh, Watergate. Yeah, but I, I thought he for whatever reason I always think of because you know there's only been two president three. That have ever been impeached, and he's one of, or and he's not one of them because he resigned. Yeah, yeah he resigned. But I always that. mess with that in my head, and I'm like, did he serve the full term? And then whatever. I, no, definitely did not serve yeah. the full term. It's what it's. So it's Bill Clinton. It's uh, um, who was the other one? There's it was an older president. Garfield? No, no, no. Garfield. I think it might have been Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Someone. Andrew Johnson. Maybe. And Donald Trump. Yep. So you know, whatever. It's cool. But no president has ever been removed from office. Right. Yeah, uh, both previous impeachments finish their term out, yep. and current president will probably get a second. Freaking, okay, yeah, you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That was like one I wanted to, but I don't want to, um, because that's not what we're here for. We're yeah, we're, talk we're, about we're, Nixon, the world's greatest president. Yeah, uh, in this universe. Yeah, totally no parallels between this mm. and current political I, events. I think I told that story on here before, but very specifically the reason why they never did a direct sequel to Watchmen was because allegedly it was mostly just because of money corporate decisions but allegedly it was they had offered this to multiple writers and everyone said no including Jeff Johns they were like you could write the sequel to Watchmen he's like no I don't think so so he sat on his idea which is doomed to take clock which we're going to talk about one day and he said this the time it came out Alan Moore had a story to tell about the Cold War this was you know replace reagan with a nixon who's been in for years and what would happen um so they put it off put it off put off and then at the new york city comic-con panel i went to in 2016 or 17 he was like i've had this idea forever they've offered me this idea for like a decade i'm finally ready because i feel like our world is in a place where i need to tell this story i.e donald trump's piece of shit allegedly no i'm not saying that but i'm just i read one headline and it's all going just doing a quote yeah yeah i'm just quoting and um that makes a lot of sense, because in reading this, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, this is m- modern-day issues, more or less, Yeah, and it's really kind of scary. 
It's not because the world's great and you know America is great again. Finally, yeah, finally, finally. So, um, but not a political party. No, no, no. I'm just saying I love the country I live for. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so he, Nixon, the vice president, land. They both brought in Air Force One and Air Force Two and a helicopter, or some shit. Yep. And they land, and I don't. They haven't shown you what it is, but Nixon has a metal football chained to his wrist that he's holding onto at all times. And they don't show you what it is in this chapter. I don't believe at all. If I had to guess, it'd probably be uh, nuclear launch codes. Launch codes. Have you seen uh, American Dad? Yes, but like the first couple seasons. There's one where they're scared. There's a, a plant in and uh, a, a mole at the CIA, <laughs> and it's this Asian dude who looks aggressively, you know, cartoony Asian, but with a big wig on, to <laughs> blonde wig on, and he just walks around the CIA to like stand and everybody just going, "Hey, that's a really good joke." But seriously, does anybody know anything about some launch codes? And they're just like, "Oh, you!" Like they block it. <laughs> It's a funny episode, but the point is, yeah, probably launch codes or maybe like a personal keepsake because in theory he's going to the bunker where he will sit until the end of the world, um, which is always, you know, it's always made me question these kind of things, like in all versions of these stories, and I know there's reasoning and yada yada. The people protecting the bunker are always super cool with getting these rich pieces of shits to the bunker knowing that they're going to die and I feel like no amount of money or persuasion could make enough people do that. Mm, they're... Like, for example, I've told this story, and I'm going to tell you again. In the 80s, um, the guy who worked for Russia's uh, nuclear silo, got he his whole job was to sit at a computer that was running... Codes. Oh, is this the error? Yeah. yeah and I they got an error, and they were like, launch the missiles. And he was like, um, something doesn't seem right. I, I, I don't know. And it was like, launch the goddamn missiles. And he's like, no. No, I'm not going to do it. And it turns out it was an error in the computer, and he literally saved the world from nuclear devastation. Like, there's a very, very, very real chance we'd all be dead. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't have been born at the time, so cease to exist. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that would happen so much in a situation like this, of people just being, fuck you, Nixon, you're not going in here to survive. Having been in the military, I would say there are definitely people that would say, fuck that. Yeah. Like, I definitely like if it was the end of the world. I was like, no, fuck you. Yeah. But there, there are some pretty uh, what's uh, brainwashed. That's the word. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Not PC, buddy. All right. <laughs> we don't brainwash around here. We just fight for our nation. All right. <laughs> you want those goddamn dirty Mexicans getting in here, corrupting your youth, raping your wife? That's what they do. Oh yeah. That's what I heard. Quoting. I, I'm quoting. Well, That's not what I thought. Oh, I don't. I don't have a wife though. So I, I'm probably fine. They'll give you a wife and oh. then rape her. Ooh, I can have a Mexican wife? No, because she'll get raped and instantly die. Oh, oh is that what happens? Yeah. You die? Yeah. Oh, damn. No. You know that? Well, no, no. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't want my Mexican wife to die. 100% of Mexican rapes end in death. Oh. Yeah, that's straight from, I believe I got that off the White House's website. Oh. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. must be true then. Yeah, it's definitely true. But, that, but, but if you have a Mexican wife for me, anyone out there, yeah. please. Yeah. Send my direction. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Latinas are the best oh yeah they are yeah they're the best they okay yeah uh so there he's landing and basically they're all like everything's set up ready to go what are we gonna do and nixon's super stressed out and he, ba he it all ends in aside from the jargon here and the war and the tanks moving and everyone being on nuclear alert because they are at defcon two. two how many are there I, hmm, I don't know four five 
I, that feels right. I feel five, because like, I, I always feel like I've heard Defcom 4 is the step. Like, yeah. that's where you're there. Anyways, and he knows that he's going to sit here and watch, and if they see at any point birds in the sky, then the launch codes. I do I do like how, like, how with all the characters written, every single person talks like a normal person, but the moment you get to Nixon, it's like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, Patsy, yeah, you- uh, that, uh, that is uh, Mrs. Nixon. She, she wasn't too happy about, well, uh, you know, but uh, she's okay now, uh, I guess. Well, he is <laughs> They not just went crook. aggressively Nixon with them. They do that in Doomsday Clock for Trump as well. Oh, that's great. It's really good. Uh, it also says, just in like an offhand, like, how's the wife? And he's like, um, she didn't take it well, but I have a feeling she'll come around. And then they don't worry about it anymore. Which makes me feel like either A, the wife's dead, or B, because that would just be hardcore. If like his wife was like, you're not going to do it, and then the Secret Service just takes her out. But I doubt that's it. I doubt <laughs> probably that's it. not. But she was probably freaking out knowing that this means the end of the world. And she's like, you can't launch the missiles. And he's like, I'm the president. I got to do what's right for the country. Which, mutually assured destruction is not what's right for the country in ever. It, do- it doesn't, it's literally, it, 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 whatever. Anyways, um, so he sits down and they wait. Oh, uh, it is worth noting that this is still a world where too far. Uh, Germany is still split between East and West. Right, right. And at the time of writing this, I think it still was. The fall of the wall wasn't until late 80s, early 90s, right? I want to say that's right. Right, 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 right because uh, Reagan was always like, uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down, tear down. This Yeah, I love wall. that. That's yeah. one of my favorite ones. Uh, so yes, uh, Germany is all sorts of separated. There's tanks moving all over the Middle East and Europe, and uh, he's waiting just to launch missiles. And now to Rorschach. 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 He is, uh, with him and uh, Mr. Night Owl Boy, are sitting in Artie at Archie at the bottom of, a, of the lake of the ocean in New York Harbor. It's really funny. You can see fish swimming by <laughs> outside the glass. And basically, Rorschach is just really impatient and wondering why the hell they're still down here. To which Dan so eloquently puts it as, we're wanted. <laughs> I, I just broke you out of prison. Like, are you thinking this through? He's like, nah, come on. I'm Rorschach. I can take care of that. I'll hide. And the whole point is, he's all he's waiting for, it's not like he's trying to keep him down here or nothing, but all he's waiting for is nighttime. They can operate at night. It's harder yeah. to see them. They're vigilantes. They go on the rooftops. Archie can fly around. Just waiting for night. Yeah, I have this big flying fucking thing that people can see. Yeah, this massive owl ship. And all Rorschach wants to do first and foremost, which this is one of the parts that it does right, that the movie does wrong, is he's just trying to get to his jacket, his hat, his mask, which is his face. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, His gloves, his shoes, you know, his outfit, his his look, Um, which he keeps under a floorboard in his house, basically. And... He's concerned that the cops found it, and they haven't, and he puts it on. One really important thing here before we talk about the dialogue, the jacket he puts on, if you noticed, covered in blood, covered in, in, in grossness, that's the jacket he wore the night he stopped being Walter Kovacs. That's the blood spl- spatter from the dog on his jacket. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. That's that jacket. So I'm not entirely sure, but when the comic over and over again has talked about the fact that he changed entirely as a person that night. He became Rorschach. This became his face. This became his being. I feel like that's him putting away the old costume. That's putting away Walter. Oh. And he wore his new one forever. And the only time he gets this out is when he has to because he lost his other one. Like, this is... Which is also really indicative of this chapter because 
throughout it, him and Dan talk like friends. I mean, they actually have a really adorable moment later on between uh, Dan and, and I don't want to call him Walter, and Rorschach. So I feel like that's kind of the uh, symbolism here. That's the implication, is that he found the costume that died the night with the character. Then, now, in the face of Armageddon, with his friend, like old times, he's that person again. And he has to wear that suit. Yeah. I don't know. It might be overlooking into it, but I'm. That's no. That's some good character analysis. That's what I see from it. In the final analysis, that's what I see from it. In the final analysis, that made me laugh really hard when I got to it. Uh, but so what they're talking about is, you know, hey, we have to do this. And Night Owl the whole time is being a total buzzkill, total bitch kill. Bitch kill. Oh, we're at the end of the world, and we have to figure out. We have to talk to Adrian. We have to do this. And Rorschach's oh, like, the woman I'm having sex with ran off with her giant <laughs> blue ex boyfriend, and now I'm stuck with this maniac and now i'm all sad uh oh that's what he said yeah that's pretty much exactly because he goes uh he's talking about how they've been down here and they're at the neighborhood and whatnot and uh rorschach says it feels good to be working with you again daniel pity miss just bezik can't couldn't stay with us and he goes yeah yeah it's a pity <laughs> and another really important thing to to call for the next when we flip through so they're talking about it rorschach's like we can do this we can solve this you know, yes, it's the end of the world, but some of us live on the edge at all times. It's possible to survive here. Stop being such a bitch. Bitch. Which is the right thing to say to Night Owl, because <laughs> he is, as you would say, total bitch. Total bitch, bitch boy. And this part I love. So the next panel, he gets it, right? And he's like, oh, good, they haven't found it. I'm going to I'm gonna take my outfit with her. And that charlatan, that, wait, that's what you call a guy who's a real a real bugger. What, what would I call her? Uh, I mean, Charlotte. Yeah, Harlot would work, but a charlatan is someone that like professes something and but they're not really all about it. Oh, a phony. Yeah. Charlatan's a, a fancy phony. A fancy phony. Ah, I, screw them. Let me actually look up the exact definition of this. Charlatan. The uh, Charleston is a dance. Oh, that's uh that's all in French. You're saying you're you're not even saying words, you're having a stroke. Probably. Your tongue swelled up and you can't pronounce things. I believe a person it. falsely claiming to have special knowledge or skill, a fraud, a phony, a phony, a, bra- a great big phony, a great big oh, phony. Fuck. Okay, so this isn't a charlatan then. No, this is more of a harlot. It's the woman that lives there yeah. that claimed he made sexual advances at her and claimed he was like this dirtbag, yada yada. And he said it was serious slur on reputation. And he says. He, oh yeah, he's really upset about it, and he's like, says it to her face. You can see it in his face. Yeah. How much did you? How <laughs> uh, much no, did... you can't see it in his face. He's he's Warshak. Uh, a little bit. So top left pan, top right panel. His he's super like dire and like. Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Then you see him in the middle panel, and he's like, just Rorschach face. He's very direct, and he says, "How much did they pay you to lie about me? Because I did not make sexual advances at you. I never would." Whore. He calls her a whore, and she's like, "Oh, please don't say that in front of my kids." And you could tell at this point he was willing to, like, maybe murder this woman for what she said about him. And it, bottom left is the very first time Rorschach in this entire thing looks like a person. Like, the way they drew him with an oh. actual amount of, like, emotion. It's it's because the panel right before is the kid. is crying. His eyes and out, it's yeah. probably because he's thinking of his own childhood. Where his mom, a yeah. prostitute was abused and just straight up fricked with all the time so yeah he's like all right we got what we came for let's go it's just it's a really nice rorschach moment where it gives him i hate after how 
aggressively attacked Rorschach in episode one. I hate giving him any credit throughout the book. I, but that's the point. Yeah, I don't think it's wrong to uh, give him credit because I think what um, uh, more <laughs> I couldn't think of Ellen Moore. I mean, I would have forgiven you for forgetting John Higgins because that one's not easy. Yeah, but Alan Moore. I was getting <sighs> really. My mind was on Gibbons. I really hope it was John Higgins. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was. It was. Okay. Dave yeah. Gibbons and John Higgins are close enough that I, know. I get nervous I'm messing it up. But my name, my brain stuck on Gibbons. I was like, oh, but the main guy, whose name I definitely know, that we all know. Not Gibbons. Alan Moore. Yeah, not Gibbons as he is more formally But, known. yeah, yeah. They wrote him to be a person no matter how like despicable he is. And as we saw with like the flashback to the, the Crime Busters meeting mm -hmm. where he was more sane there yeah he is a person of potential and people can become worse and but better right. and back and forth because people are dynamic and you want to create a dynamic character yeah and it's wonderful it's just this is the scenario where people start to defend him over and over again you're like hold on step oh back. he's yeah, still step, not defensible step back i'm pretty sure he was about to murder that lady and he just chose not to yeah. i mean it's like hitler liked orphans and animals he, he was still hitler well, though there was a picture going around of him like petting a german shepherd or something like that and they're like it was like a a, a, a spoof on PETA or something <laughs> like that because you know oh he loved pets so Peter, do you love Hitler for how much he treated, how well he treated, he was a vegetarian too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He? Yeah, and all that stuff, it was a dumbass spoof thing, but anyways, yeah, so this is a really nice Rorschach moment, he's very clearly sympathetic in some form, and decides not to cause a scene, let's just say that, cause a scene, uh, to which we go to Antarctica. Yeah. Or Antarctica. Oh, yeah, sorry. As the plebs say. I believe the T is silent, the second T. The second Not the first T. Antarctica. Yeah, there you go. Uh, where Bubastis, or Bubastis, it's definitely Bubastis, but Bubastis sounds really funny to me. Like a, like a Atlanta rapper, like Bubba yep. Sparks' his real name. Uh, and there, Adrian Veidt shows up, and they are explaining to him that the delivery went perfect. Just the three of them were there for that, delivery of what we don't know. Yep. Uh, would you like dinner, or to get right to work? And he wants to go right to work. And what he does, which by the way, when it's walking through... Endless amounts of Egyptian stuff. Just all over the walls, his oh. color scheme, so much Egypt. So, uh, just to lightly touch on the HBO show. Okay, just the taste. The consensus that that showrunner went with, with these servants here, are that they are Vietnamese. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Which makes sense, because Vietnam's a state. And they did draw them... Uh, very dark black hair, tan skin, but like not super tan, like the yellowish tanish. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, I can get behind that. Um, I'm assuming he has them in his show in his fancy house, wherever the hell it is in the in. Yeah, there, there is a moment where we do go to Antarctica. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, oh man, I can't wait no, till we get to the show. show, show, show. I know. Um, so what it does is he decides to put off dinner because he's gonna work, and his version of work and this whole like breakdown he has which i think is kind of awesome and i wonder how true it is or not as far as like what alan moore what the effort he put into marketing or if this is his personal take on what marketing marketing is he has him sitting in front of like i don't know 30 screens and every hundred seconds all the channels change randomly 
so that he can basically digest as much news, commercials, television show writing, as much of that as he possibly can. So my opinion on this whole part is, one, this is to show how frighteningly intelligent Ozymandias right. Andrew Invite is. Yeah, he can digest all this information at once, all the time. Which I think that the scene itself gets it really, uh, really across. But I also view this as uh, comic book logic. Okay. As for the marketing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because the human brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, either there's one or two things the brain does when it's bombarded with this amount of um information coming mm-hmm. their way uh one is we block out anything that we aren't specifically focusing on mm-hmm. you'll uh if you pay attention if you're in like a room with a lot of people and you're talking to someone mm-hmm. and you're paying close atten- uh close attention to the conversation you have that you don't notice that everything else kind of just fades to the those other conversations and whatnot yeah yeah the second possibility is uh, what well, some people suffer from is uh, sensory overload mm-hmm. where they can't block that out and they just get it all at once and it overwhelms the mind. Right. And then you're like keyword searching. You're hearing like a thing, a thing, a thing, and yeah. you're just getting blown away. Uh, and then his logic uh, is just fairly that. You're looking at something like the... Let's see, the, the example he gives in this is that there, you notice that a lot of the adverts are overly sexualized, especially with portraying muscular men and whatnot. And he says that it's a precursor to a possible war, and thus people are probably going to buy these things. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is this is all about investing. Yeah. Obviously it's not. There's other subtext there. I bet he's trying to follow way more than that. But yeah, to these people, he's telling them, I'm watching this, I'm learning all this, and I will tell you what shares to buy as we go, basically. Like, we're, we should uh, controlling shares in select baby foods and maternity good manufacturers. All right, I'm ready. But this is... That part is fairly um, um, uh, realistic. Right. Because, for example, of right now, uh, if you're listening from years in the future... Remember, the coronavirus. Right, yeah. And you go out uh, to the store, and you can't find any disinfectant. Right. No, so, no face masks, no toilet paper, no Lysols, no... All the home things that people think they need to hunker down on to stay clean and live without walking out of their house for a month. Yes, yeah, so those companies that are specifically selling those goods are seeing a... Uh, um, Ridiculous spike in revenue. Yep. Because of the, the increase in demand. But you also see all the other companies, as we saw with the stock market recently, uh, just plummet because of the uh, crisis and that lack of faith hurts the economy because people don't want to go out and buy stuff and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, so on and so forth. And it's just that sort of logic that he's uh, using as he uh, notices these things. Right, as he scans through the entirety of all that is television. So I do overall think it's really well written, but... It's also, still a comic book. So. I also love, love the ending to it. They're like, all right, we'll leave you alone down here. And he says, yes, that's right, all alone. Just me and the world. Because as far as he's concerned, the world is everything he sees here and everything he has a capability to take advantage of. Also, 
this is one of very of a few key points in this chapter that alludes to the ending which we haven't said yet we'll right. get to it when we get to it but he says uh, one of his servants is we've never um uh invested in ammunition before and he says no we're gonna invest in these things like pornography and yeah. returning goods and i think the fact that he's not investing in the military industrial complex clue number one speaks volumes yeah yep that's clue number one I'll, what he's we'll doing. get to clue number two later uh, so then we go back to Rorschach and Night Owl, who are once again underwater, uh, hanging out, being lazy, and Rorschach is talking about how he needs to go up there and work. Uh, in which case he puts on, you know, he says, you know, we need this. Night Owl is doing a scan of... Every, he's actually doing the exact same thing Ozymandias is doing, just not in the same way. He's scanning yep. everything to find out, you know who's at fault and where the bombs are and is anyone looking for them and are they free to come yada 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 all that bullshit and Rorschach is basically like we don't need any of that I have my clothes and my face that's all I need he puts the cool ass mask on uh to which cool ass mask it's an ass mask yeah yeah obviously uh so they're down there looking around and this is where they kind of get into a uh a scuffle a little bit so Rorschach wants to be up punching people and getting answers that way. You know, like, it's like if Craig hurt me and I walked in and punched DJ in the face and was like, where's Craig? And DJ would be like, I don't know, Craig. And then I'd break his pinky toe and he'd be like, well, Craig's upstairs. And then I would come upstairs and fight you. That's what Rorschach wants to be doing. Night Owl, on the other hand, is checking scanners for keywords and he's checking the news to see if anyone said anything. And he's checking. Because they have a difference of opinion of what's really going on. Rorschach is sticking with his mask, mask killer, killer theory, yeah. while uh, oh, Night Owl. There uh, we go. John, John Dan Dan Dryberg. John is uh, Manhattan. Yeah, John yeah. Osterman. Dan Dryberg. Yeah. Also Higgins. Yeah, Higgins. Yeah, John That's, Higgins. Yeah, exactly. There you John go. Higgins, Alan Moore, and Dave Gibbons. There you go. Dan Gibbons. Dan Gibbons. Yeah, Dan Dryberg Gibbons. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. There's the names. Just keep going. I'm listening. <laughs> Believes that. The island thing that um, Edward Blake stumbled upon is w- why he was targeted. Right. Dan's chasing the overarching company and potential thing controlling it, and Rorschach's chasing a person. Yeah. Yeah. And and Dan says, yeah, you look at Edward, you look at Moloch, they're connected, and then Rorschach's, but what about the assassination on Vite? Yeah. So he says, you know, we've been, Rorschach says after they fight, you know, tell who's who, what should we be after... Um, Rorschach accuses him of lazing around, maybe you've forgotten how things are, to which Night Owl gets awfully upset, and he screams at him, lazing around, you know, Rorschach, you're a goddamn lunatic, you know how hard it is being your friend? And then he's like, you know what, you know what, be cool, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said all that, you know, we've both been down here too long, it must be dark, let's surface, I'll take the ship up. And this is the best part of the whole thing. Rorschach says... You know, Daniel, you are a good friend. I know. So he speaks like a normal person yeah. first off. He doesn't just, just say you good friend or some bullshit like Tonto. He's like, you are a good friend. I know that. I'm sorry that it is sometimes difficult. And he's just like, hey, man, it's fine. And they shake hands, uh, which Night Owl being the little scaredy bitch he is, he has to shake with two hands. He has to give him the real, <laughs> the real touch and grasp. He's like, oh, I don't have a limp hand. And they literally just spend a minute like looking at each other like this is what it should be. We're coworkers. We're best friends. We're badasses. This is, we shouldn't be fighting about all this nonsense. The world's on the edge of war. I feel like this is Dan being like, 
I'm a superhero. I feel like this is Dan's hero moment, regardless of the fact that it doesn't take place. Like his hero moment with uh, with uh, Miss Jespezik, um that was nothing. Saving the people from the fire, yeah. he just sat in the ship. You know, escaping the prison, kind of. They didn't really do anything over the top, and it was mostly just to get answers from Rorschach. I feel like this is his moment of like, you know what? Fucking, you're right. We could be dead by the end of the night. Let. Oh wow. Yeah. That color difference. Yeah, that's a huge color that's difference. The, that's one of the biggest ones. I mean, even the ship. Look, they don't do the lighting like they do on mine. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, th- this feels like to me Dan's big final realization that complaining and crying isn't enough. We could be dead just sitting down here yelling at each other. No, we're friends, we're co-workers, and we gotta do something. I think this also illustrates the relationship between Rorschach and uh, Dan, that they make each other better. Rorschach makes Dan more heroic, like, we're gonna go do this thing. Yep. Let's do it now. Yeah. And then Dan makes Rorschach more human. Yeah, it makes him, and also we'll see later when they're investigating, it makes him more logical. There's an entire page of Rorschach actually thinking something out. Yeah. And it's really good. It's a great uh, page. So yeah, that's a good point too. So they decide to go up. He's like, you know what? No sense in staying down here any longer. It's probably night. Let's head up. And they shoot up. To which we get our freaking time back to the Black Freighter, sons of bitches. Such a I'm so happy to have oh, the Black yeah. Raider back. I love the Black Raider story. Pete actually tells me the only reason he doesn't like Watchmen more than anything else is because he thinks this is a waste of time. He thinks all the Black Raider shit should just be pulled. No. Like, are you, are you high? Are you are you doing drugs right now? Because I don't want to buy my comic books from a druggie. Like, I do. I will. Pete, it's fine. You can do drugs. It's cool. I didn't appreciate this as much the first time I read it, but now that we're reading this over and I'm like, getting a good feel for these characters and it's just setting the scene for new york altogether. yeah both through the story of the black freighter and the the young man list uh reading it and mm-hmm. the 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 old man selling newspapers yeah and like the top nuts that come by and start mm-hmm. shit and that uh what's her name joey the lesbian the lesbian yep, yeah joey. And, and the mailman it's all really good world building and setting up for what's going to happen. And it's also written by the artist who is being used to create shit and was kidnapped or disappeared or whatever. Like, oh yeah. It's all tied together either way. Oh yeah, it's all tied together. And it, it's almost as if uh, well, we'll get there. So anyways, we're back to the Black Freighter. He finally landed on the ocean uh, back you know, near his hometown and he's batshit insane, craving revenge, um and the way he's drawn especially like up here incredibly animalistic like the man died and we even talked about that two chapters ago when he uh talks about giving him giving in to death and stuff like that when he's out in the water um right before he steps onto shore actually is when he said something about insanity anyways when all of a sudden on a horseback a man and woman come riding up now any normal person would just be like, oh, two people out for a stroll. Help me! How quaint. Yeah, yeah, how quaint. Look at me and my, I'm thirsty. I'm probably hungry. That raw seagull I ate didn't taste great. No, instead he's like, these sons of bitches. So, collaborators. Yeah. He's just totally assuming collusion here. Because in his head, there is absolutely no way in hell that the Dread Pirate Roberts, thats I don't remember the name of the pirate that did it, so I'm going with the Dread Pirate Roberts. But the Dread Pirate uh, Roberts wouldn't do that. Dread Pirate Roberts would totally do that. 
not, mean, not this version of Jared because it's all about the name. We're not yeah. talking Princess Bride. I mean, Bride. yeah, yeah, the, the, the predecessor to Wesley. He would have done yeah. that. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, actually, no, the predecessor to Wesley's predecessor. Predecessor. I think Wesley was the fourth. Yeah. So the first one would have done it. Oh, yeah, totally. But everyone after that probably was fine. <laughs> they were riding on reputation at that point. Yep. Anyways, to him, there is absolutely no way in hell that that pirate didn't already make a town, already murder the entire town, and rape them, like the Mexicans, and kill his wife and all that good stuff. So who are these people out on a stroll? Why are they allowed to be out? They must have made a deal, because this guy is a money counter. He's a banker. Yeah. You know, he recognizes him from hometown. He's a banker. So what would any logical man do? Murder them both. Yeah, it... In incredibly graphic detail. In the previous chapters this is the only dude that we have. Right, And right. he started out sane enough, like, oh, he crashed off his boat because he was attacked by pirates. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's awful. And then he's like, oh, they're going to go kill my family. Okay. Build a raft. Let's get out of here. You're our only source, so I guess we'll just trust you in the knowledge that the pirates are going to go kill your family. Yeah. But then we get to this, and we're like, oh, this is a crazy yeah. man. Well, I mean, he dealt with, uh, you know, seeing his entire crew die. Yep. That's a bummer. And then use them and as And then use them as a raft. raft yep. Also a bummer. Then attack by a shark. Also a bummer. Then dehydration and what I would assume is sun poisoning just floating out in the ocean. Also a bummer. Hey, don't forget about that seagull. Oh, and then mm. eating just the grossest seagull ever. Yep. Also a bummer. Raw bird. I'm uh-huh. sure nothing can... He probably has salmonella. Yeah, he's definitely got something. And so instead, he sees these guys, he's terrified, he, he makes up all these things in his head, which may or not may not be true, and he decides he's going to kill him. So he grabs a rock, bashes the dude's head in, which instantly kills him, and then, the because it's all bloody, slips out of his hand, so what do you do? Strangle the woman! Uh, which took considerably longer than I had anticipated. And it even goes through the fact that he watched the life drain from her eyes. This wasn't some, like... This wasn't some, like, anger killing. This wasn't a fast thing, break her neck or not something. No, he, like, held her throat down and watched her kick and, like, this is murder. Yeah, he was like, oh, this is taking too long. Yeah, (laughs) this is straight up, like, aggressive, brutal, disgusting murder. He's a bad person. Uh, And after he murders her, he hatches this great plan to put the woman up on the horse, get onto the, steal the clothing from the man he just killed, they saw two people ride out on their horse. Well, guess what? He's going to have two people ride back into town, him being one. And this is another one of those scenes where it's like also concurrently happening at the uh, the newspaper stand. Mm-hmm. And the more I read through this, the more I'm like, oh, HBO did it right. Yeah. Because the, uh, they have the, uh, the the doomsday people like with their pamphlets. Like, hey, since we bought you a paper of yours, oh, want to yeah. read a paper of ours? I was like, oh, wow. HBO did include a lot of detail yeah. that's accurate to this. And they freaking better have Lindelof took like two years just trying to reassure fans that he was taking it seriously. So I'm really happy with uh, the reaction to it. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. I'm hyped to watch it. Um, and what's happening on the inverse of this is they're at the newsstand, of course, because anytime we're talking Black Freighter, we're talking the little kid reading his book at the newsstand. And basically, people are coming by. He's freaked out because war is going to happen any minute now. And everyone's walking in grabbing stuff uh, from the newsstand. Like, uh, And these two doomsday guys come up, and they're just like, hey, since the Lord Jesus <laughs> is about to take all life off the planet, we figured you'd want to read this. And he's like, get out of my face. I do have to say, the one thing I don't understand, I'm pretty sure that's 
if these aren't like specifically Jehovah Witnesses, mm-hmm. they're probably a play on them. Mm-hmm. They believe that only a finite amount of people go to heaven. Right. So why are they recruiting? Like, I don't want to give away my spot to heaven. Screw yeah. you. Maybe they think that... Maybe these are Mormons. Well, Because Mormons are Mormons. Well, Mormons... I mean, honestly, uh, of all the, 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 the afterlifes, Mormons sound the most rad. Like, you get your own fucking planet to be gone on. Wait, you get a planet? Yeah. Have you... No, I really so, have not. Hey, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. So, you gotta, like, ignore the modern Latter-day Saint stuff. Right, with the plate and the stuff. Yeah, you gotta go back to, like, the OG shit where, like, you know... Joseph Smith is reading the golden plates and men can actually marry multiple women and then they die and they get their own fucking planet. It's actually really crazy but rad. Does the old ones get to drink beer and curse? Uh, or is that just a Latter-day Saints removal? Because they're not allowed to drink alcohol or curse. I don't... Mm, that that sucks. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah, it would make this life I do know they, they've had to like retcon basically right, right. a lot of stuff because they're getting too much pressure or they just moved to mexico like the romneys that's what they did oh yeah mitt mitt's father mitt romney's father is from mexico wow because he's scared of mormon persecution oh well like the mormons that wanted to so the mormons that didn't want to give up polygamy or whatever mm-hmm. uh they either stayed in their like little compounds where like if you ever watched uh i think it's called big love or something something uh they like they're not part of the Latter Saints. They're these like little crazy cults, or they moved to Mexico where they, you know, it doesn't matter. The U.S. government couldn't tell them what they couldn't do. Yeah. Also, get, so I don't understand the the issue with um, is it just that they want the like insurance and tax benefits for marrying multiple people? No, it's just Joseph Smith said it was Gucci, so they're like, okay, it's Gucci. No, I mean, on a, a, a like government controversy aspect oh. of it, like, why does it matter about polygamy if I want to marry multiple people? Pro- I it's guess, prob- it, yeah, it's probably for the legality of it. Okay, because yeah, if I just want to claim I have three wives, I don't give a shit if I signed a paper or not. These are my three wives, yeah. but they probably want it to be recognized as a real, true relationship well, for insurance and all that. You got to realize, uh, remember that, like, Utah is a state solely because of the mormons like they were like we will come into the union of the united states mm-hmm. if you let us like charter this state of utah right and so like one of the things they had to do was give up polygamy oh. so those that wanted the legal right mm-hmm. for multiple li- wives couldn't stay there uh, either they had to like ignore the legal legality or they had to go somewhere else oh, which is okay. why there was the exodus to Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, don't you guys say Mexico. Mexico. Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Learning about Mormons today. Yeah. On a, We're not a religious podcast. Not a religious podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not promoting Mormonism. Except I kind of am, John, but it's fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, so people are coming by and talking about it. The Black Freighter is riding on his horse with this lady. Uh, and then we go to, we cut to a scene in a bar, and it's the exact same bar. Or at least I like to assume it's the same bar. It's probably not. Yeah, we're, we pretty much get a scene that we got later on, uh, earlier on in the book. Right. Where Rorschach goes to a bar and interrogates, uh, and not interrogates, and terrorizes. Yeah. It's way more than interrogation. But the important thing for this scene is Night Owl is here, because he's oh, about yeah. to learn a certain news. So they get in there, and basically what they're looking for is who tried to do the assassination on Adrian. That's yeah. the big who piece of information. Roger Rabbit? Exactly. And he's like, "You've I've already been to two bars before this. I'm sure you've heard the ambulances. I just need to know. I just want to know. I just want to know. Which, at that point, you'd be like, 
Sure, I'll tell you. But no, the, the guy's an idiot. Yeah, so he says that, and everyone in the bar separates out and looks at one man who is not looking at them, but having a drink. And he's like, you bastards, I buy you all drinks and you sell me out. So he walks over there and he's like, you come any closer to me and you're going to catch this in your squidgy face. Squidgy is a wonderful insult, by the way. I'm going to try to use that more often. <laughs> and all Rorschach does is grab the glass in his hand and crush it, which would be just so terrible. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, oh, no, don't squeeze it. And he like, crushes the glass into his hand. Um, and he's asking, who, who did it? Like, give me the answer. And what turns out is that Pyramid Industries uh, gave this man, someone, his boss, someone gave his boss an, two envelopes to give to him to hire someone with. Money and instructions. Exactly. And w- to which he does. And he doesn't know anything. All he knows is that his boss, a week later, dead. And a bunch of other people in the higher-ups of this uh, criminal world, dead. So something's up. And that's enough information for them at the time. But what happens is Night Owl goes over and looks at this top nut guy. And he doesn't say anything. He just... Oh, he does. Sorry, sorry. This guy, this top nut guy won't even look in their direction. He's being really, like, coy while everyone else is watching the drama unfold. He says, something wrong, son? To which this guy immediately loses his goddamn mind. I knew I'd be profiled. I didn't have anything to do with that Hollis guy dying. All they said was it was some top knots. I knew you were going to do this. To which, well... Night Owl gets a little, um, a little upset. Well, he gets a little choky. <laughs> he gets a little <laughs> grapply. Yeah, if I do say so myself. <laughs> this is the first time he finds out that Hollis Mason was murdered, which was the part of it, uh, end of chapter eight that I was incredibly depressed at. Oh, yeah. That was a big bummer for me. That That's one of the best. That's, that's why I want, like, a TV show where every episode is a chapter of this. Just like how the new Watchmen show was, I want them to remake this book like this oh yeah like that would exactly, be a devastating yeah. end to a to an episode i would be so hollis mason anyways um so he's like screaming at him and he's like i don't know kids saw the gang running away and he's like you tell them you tell them they're dead you know how much firepower i have out there like he's going full on like i will murder this town yeah, he's like i will raise he, this fucking block yeah, he actually says i could take out this entire rat hole neighborhood he's pissed yeah. he's straight up furious uh and to which rorschach to your credit not in front of civilians. We have the knowledge that we wanted. Let's go. Like, we'll take care of this. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally cool with murdering yeah. gang members. I'll murder some bitches. I'm on your side. Mm, one for you. Let's just but, keep up our image. Yeah, like, just give it a minute, all right? We do this in the alleys. And they take off, and Night Owl's super pissed that he makes Rorschach call down Archie, which Rorschach knows how to do. And Rorschach says, you know what? We, we've Oh, Rorschach tries to comfort him in the most Rorschach way. And he goes, unidentified gang murders Mason. Supports mass killer theory. And Nettle's like, Rorschach, you piece of shit. And he goes, merely suggesting that by finding mass killer can have revenge for Mason's death. Meant to comfort you. <laughs> like, that was his attempt at comforting. And Nettle's like, you know what? You're right. Thank you. And Rorschach goes, you're welcome. <laughs> like, they have, like, a real moment. You're welcome. Now let's go do this. Let's go figure out the next step. Let's go talk to Bite. And he's like, all right, let's go. And this is, again, another really, like, comforting moment he goes night owl says i can't believe he's dead i remember adrian once telling me that egyptians regarded death as a voyage and then mm-hmm. Rorschach's response is hmm nice idea if you can afford to go first class with pharaohs but judging by our departures most of us travel steerage mm-hmm. not the best thing to say there maybe say that hollis was first class would have probably yeah. been better but he tried yeah he sure. tried to be sweet oh i think that whole exchange was learning about um the criminals and like the mysterious pyramid stuff. enterprise or pyramid deliveries. Yeah. 
That was the big that's thing. That's clue two. Yeah. Uh, Although, I, that that's, well, that'll be resolved more expediently than the other clues. That, right. Especially the next one we're about to learn as we go to this next scene. Right. So, okay. So, he yeah, they find out about pyramid deliveries, the fact that no one knows anything about them, and people are dying off as they learn about them. That's about all we got. So, the next scene is on a... Yacht, more. I mean, it's actually like a cruise airline, uh, like a cruise liner. I almost said airliner, <laughs> like a cruise liner. But it's all of the everyone that was working on the art, the paintings, the creature they created. It, they're all making a movie, a super secret, no one knows about movie. Yeah, it's it's easy to forget about this because this only it's shows up like two, one or two other yeah, chapters, I think and it's two. for like six panels. It's it's one page. It's only ever yeah. gotten like one or two pages. Um, and they are done with their secret project finally, and they're shipping off to their own islands that are paid for. Every you know, they're incredibly reimbursed. They had to keep secret and disappear, but in return, they get everything in the world. Also, this is this these two pages is another reason why it's very important that you read all of the extra content at the end of the chapter. Yes, because that's where we learn about. This guy, Shay, who is the Black Freighter yep. author, and uh, what's her um, what's her name? The artist. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Yeah. Who it's, also went missing. It's in here somewhere. And so they're on the ship, right? And now there's these two people down, down in the... Uh, Max and... I don't think it says her name down here. It says uh, it somewhere. Because he's Max Shay. I don't see it. It's got to be there somewhere. Oh, Hera. There we go. So they're down in the storage bay banging. Banging! And he's like, Something's, what the hell is hitting my arm? So he, behind her, she's she's laying down. Because as all good people do, it's missionary man on top. That's the only way. Yeah, yeah. As otherwise, God intended. Yeah, otherwise you're letting down Jesus. But not a religious podcast. I, he's watching, though. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Well, if he's watching, I want to give him a good show. Exactly. <laughs> if anything, I'm doing it for Jesus. Yeah. Babe, bend over for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right? Take it for Jesus, all right? Uh, that's what you do. It's what yeah, you do. It's, to, it's respect, what you do. to respect yeah, the Christians. To respect, yeah, respect so, Jesus. they're banging, and he's like, something's hitting his arm, and he doesn't like it. So he turns the light on and looks behind him, and there's a little box there with a timer. And she goes, Max, what's wrong? And he goes, nothing, love. Nothing's wrong. Just hold me. The whole ship blows up and they all fucking die in an instant. The ship goes down, massive explosion, all of them gone. These are the only people working on this secret movie project. Yep. All of them taken care of. And that is clue three. I mean, that that gives you... If you have been paying attention and reading the extra credit, you know exactly who they're working for and why they're working. That's yep. done. We've got the answer. In fact, like the three clues I uh, pointed out throughout this chapter... If you take the information yeah. from the previous chapters, you include all this, you you're know, you, you know. Yeah, you're there. So what we get next is the answer. So Rorschach and uh, Night Owl are, they go to visit uh, Adrian Veidt because he's the world's smartest man. They need information. When they show up, he's not there. He said, they find his log that says, November 1st, 4.30 a.m., leave for Karnak. Karnak? Because Karnak's not a real place. Yep. Um, and this is what I was talking about. This is the awesome, awesome part. So they're like hmm, all right, he's not here. Let's start walking through everything we know. And by we, I mean just Rorschach walks through everything he knows. And he has like 30 different conspiracy theories he talks about at once. He's looking at everything on the walls. They're looking at graphs. Adrian's got graphs of uh, 
what would happen if nuclear hazard escalation, global population, environmental decline. He has all this mapped out for years. Oh, yeah, uh, multiple crises graph. Lines yep. converging mid-1990s. Yep, and then they make the, the quick optimistic crisis arrives decade early unless we get lead on pyramid deliveries. So like, <laughs> like they make a little, Borshak makes a little joke. And he walks around looking at all this Egyptian stuff, and then he starts going through in his head every possible like scenario he can think of. You know, Moloch's a better suspect now, but he's No, dead. he's saying that all out loud. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, uh, yes, I meant out loud, and I was saying in his head the whole time. Yes, he's Zombie. saying Zombie. Zombie. Yes. Zombie. He's going through everything. You know, he points out that could this be something Moloch was up to? He's a better target or a better uh, uh, suspect now than he was before, but wait, he's dead. Could it be post-mortem? No. Oh, I see Anubis here. He talks about what he knows about Anubis and how he doesn't care about any of that shit and he offends Anubis. That's fine. I can handle him. Like, he's going through all this ridiculous stuff. Meanwhile, Night Owl is on a computer and is asking for a password because he wants to look up pyramid deliveries. And he types in a password, and he types in Ramses, which is... King Ramses! Yep, it's Egyptian for Ozymandias. And he types in Ramses, too, and boom, he's in. Hello, Adrian. I, Here are the files you want. I do like how much of a detective brain Rorschach has. Because, like, one of the concepts of Rorschach as a character is, what if you had an, an actual person try to be Batman? It wouldn't work out. No. But he's definitely, like... He has the, the aptitude, the, the, the physical skill, and the brain. He's actually modeled yeah. after the question, which is yeah. also a Batman-esque character. Yep. But anyways, yes. Um, yeah, and he goes, I mean, I'm not going to read it all out. It's one of the most text-heavy pages yeah. in a while. Yeah. But he is literally thinking through every single thing that's going on in his life. What's in front of him, uh, religion for the Egyptians, uh, the people who are dead, the people who are alive, what it could mean, what it isn't. Meanwhile, Night Owl finds out exactly what it is. Pyramid Deliveries is ran, operated, and controlled by Ozymandias. There you go. Yep. Ozymandias is the person behind everything, and they are both terrified that Ozzy, that Adrian's the guy they have to fight. As you should be. He's the best man in the world. Uh, well, not best as in best. Best as in, like, most physically fit, smartest, best man. All right, that was clue one. Yeah, so... um. This is one of those... Okay, so I've talked about this before. Grant Morrison doesn't really like Watchmen that much. He thinks it's an incredible piece of of literature with some severe oversights, and the one criticism he always has is that he never let the characters be smarter than himself. Alan Moore. Yeah. Alan Moore never let the characters... And this is one of those moments where I find that to be true. So, A, you really think Ozymandias' password would just be Ramsey's? Yep. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't. Not the smartest man in the world. Two, you really think the shell company he has set up would be called Pyramids Delivery? The man obsessed with Egyptians and history and pharaohs wouldn't own the company Pyramids Deliveries? That was also a little silly. I think there's one of two ways you could go with this. One, if you really want to have him as the smartest, most immaculate person ever, you can't do shit like that. Right. Or if you want it to portray him as very human with his own flaws, this is where you put it. Right, being the smartest man, like this is smart people do that. Smart right. people and use the same password for shit. Right, and also right here though, you know, 
the very first thing it opens with, if you get the password correct, is, hello, Adrian, here are the files you want. And it instantly gives yeah. you his plan, his, his thing. That's a bit of a fault. Also, to not assume that Night Owl or Rorschach would ever come to your stuff, also a little bit of a fault. So, yeah, yeah I think you're 100% right. I think by assuming that he put in these dumb little, what do you call these? There's a term for this, a MacGuffin? Is that what this is? What was the term? You put in these things that are almost aggressively plot devices, Yeah. but you give them that layer of, if you think about it, it, it can work. Like what you just said um, about how this could be one of his flaws. Like, he literally just overlooked one thing. I I won't go much because, again, I mention the, the show a lot, yeah. but they lean into the, the flawed Adrian right. way. Yeah, which, which is how I, I liked how they did it. Well, and, and the other side of it is my counterpoint to Grant Morrison and stuff like that is like, so this whole book is a deconstruction of personalities, superheroes, uh, government, uh, yeah. fucking everything, religion. Everyone has something to them, much like how we just talked about how Rorschach is human. Adrian Veidt has been touted up this entire book as the best, smartest, strongest man in the entire world. Right? That's his whole thing. You think Alan Moore's really going to leave one character untouchable? Like, you really? I mean, honestly, not, yeah. a, not a matter of this being a silly goof. Like, you're making that man, not only are you making him the villain, one of the most evil men in the world because of what he's planning, you're going to give him something to fall on. Like, you have to. Otherwise, the point of breaking all this down is for nothing. Yeah, I do. I do think... It's necessary that there be a flaw mm-hmm. and that Rorschach and Night Owl find right. the clue that brings them to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. But I think you, you probably like going on Grant Morrison's uh, criticism, you could have made it a bit more nuanced and subtle. Right. Right. As opposed to <laughs> guessing Ramsey's the second as yeah. a password. Although, to be fair, we are at the end of the book and you've only got so much time. Yep. If this would have been a few more issues, I bet it could have been something a little crazier. And then again, that, that goes along with your um, thoughts on the last chapter about yeah. how like the, the... It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the I'm... thermodynamic miracle. Right. So I'm, I'm okay with it happening this way. I just think it's... Um... It is, it is a little, um, not, it's a little silly. Yeah. It's a little silly, but maybe it's supposed to be silly. Again, Alan Moore is aggressively against talking about why he did what he did in this book. Yep. He's like, I wrote the book, now deal with it. So I'm not going to look much farther than that. But then um, again, one moment of silliness in an entire book, not bad. Also, a needed silliness. Yeah. If this doesn't happen, what the fuck else? If you overcomplicate how they figure it out, you're going to find maybe worse criticisms as well yes that's so, true. so i think it's not i think it's a good balance i think it's a good balance so anyways yeah um, just a little fine tuning could be required right. but it's good at it right. so they decide oh my god i can't believe we have to do this but karnak is what ramses built a gigantic hall a monument so karnak must be adrian's antarctic re- uh, retreat like he built this massive and everyone knows about it it's not a hidden mm. it's not a hidden place so grab the Grab papers from those desks. It's a long journey, and they'll make better reading than the life jacket instructions, which is a good point. And this, uh, we get just one page, a really quick page, Rorschach's final journal entry, which has two, uh, two uh, 
potentials for uh, what I like as literary tattoos from Rorschach. Mm. So I'm not opposed to a Rorschach tattoo despite what the show did to Rorschach, which is fine. It's justified what they did to him. Um, oh, I think it's but yeah, I'm totally not sc- fine what the show did. Yeah, and I, but I'm not scared of using him as like a you know, a tattoo, his words. I think a couple times we found him. I think Manhattan's is more appropriate. But anyways, the two here are. So he's talking about final entry. I'm giving this to the only people I trust. Um, here's, what's, here's what we find out. Dan's confident. Adrian's behind all this. I couldn't imagine a worse foe, a more dangerous opponent. He could kill us both there in the snow. Nobody would ever know. Like, this guy is the guy. I'd, Rorschach's the most cocky son of a bitch ever. He's ready to take on Dr. Manhattan at one point. He's yeah. like, fuck you, talk to me, Manhattan. And he's scared of Adrian. Oh, yeah. He, he's expecting to die. Yep. And this is why he's giving this journal to whoever this person is that is not currently named in these panels. Uh, wait, he says it right in here somewhere. Assuming, uh, maybe it's at the end. He says the only people he trusts. Um, oh, we, we learn that. We learn literally oh, yeah, right the next here. page. Yeah, well, no, no, I know, but I was trying to find the exact wording where he says it, but he says, he appreciates your recent support and hope world survives long enough for this to reach you, but tanks are in East Berlin and writing is on the wall. So the people he's writing it to, he cares a lot about. But the two uh, quotes I have on here that I personally really love is uh, up at the beginning as he's talking about, you know, all the people that are going to be dying, offices below, headstones, marking daily graves of thousands. Actually, that would be really tight because we work in an office that feels like a daily grave. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, just I'm just saying that would be really cool. But inside across clock faces, as observed as those of celebrities, hands commence final laps. Here's where it is: Oblivion gallops closer, favoring the spur, sparing the rain. Oh, that is a I really love good that. Line. Yeah. I love that. I think we will be gone soon. I don't need that. I think we will be gone soon. Part that's a little dark, but that first little blurb. And then the other one is a very like uh, pretty. Uh, Rorschach line. Uh, For my own part, regret nothing. Have lived life free from compromise and step into the shadow now without complaint. That's another one I really like. That was a good one. Yeah. So there's a couple really good... Those are the two I really like. I like the Oblivion one a little bit more, um, even though it's maybe a little bit more intense. Anyways. I'd say morose. Morose. There you go. I love the word morose. It's quite morose. Oh, did I tell you? Yeah, I said the group chat. I'm going to try to start saying creamy to mean awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, heard. that's pretty creamy. That's, cr- <laughs> that's creamy, bro. <laughs> like a, like like when your when your book gets published, I'm like, dude, that's some creamy news. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be like, I don't, I don't like oh, I'm only, I'm on chapter 10. I still got like, I don't know. 42 more chapters to go. Uh, probably not 42, maybe like 30 something. How about 32? So the end chapter count is 42. Mm. Everything you do in life should end with a 42 in some way. So people will be like, wow, he really liked Douglas Adams. Like, he really was a big fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, well, I, I get like, I don't know, a chapter a week. So I my goal is just to be done before 2020. I'm Cajun. Sometimes we are. Yeah, it's true. I heard you speaking that slurred language earlier. <laughs> French. Dirty French. So, um, yeah, so he, he says he's giving the journal Rorschach November 1st, 1985 with his little signature, his little two-eyed thing mini rorschach thing uh and we go back to the black freighter and the guy talking at the newsstand and he's just you know he's talking about this is a you know a very uh system of a down b-y-o-b type lyric wording here it all it ain't fair we didn't ask for no war there's no goddamn justice in the world 
Uh, I mean, look, at least those super guys tried to protect folk. Maybe we should have listened. Maybe they had a message. And he's basically just saying the same thing everyone mm. does. Fuck your war. Like, why are yeah. you killing us? Why Go do kill they yourself. always send the poor? Yeah. Oh, well, they Barbarism the by Barbaros. Something on heels. Victoria's Victorian heels. A brand new spanking deal. Marching forward. Protection, yet you fear this loss from the zebra that's my favorite part. That song is on um, a rock band, and it is ranked... Oh, no, Guitar Hero World Tour, maybe? And it's ranked max difficulty on all instruments. Ooh. As it should be. Yeah. Singing, drums, guitar, bass, all that. It is oh, yeah. high octane. I, 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 uh, the first album I ever bought was System of a Down, self-titled. Uh, they're probably still my favorite band. All time? Yep. Yeah, they're up there. I really, really like System of a Down. I went through a little phase with them. Uh, especially because like, one of the first songs I ever heard by them was... Um, is it A E I E O U? A I A O. It might be that one. No, 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 no. It's not that one because that one's a real song. It's uh the one that's uh where he's naming vegetables, uh chicken soup or something. What is it? Oh, 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 oh yeah. Uh, you know it. Yeah, I do know I it. Know it's on, it's know. it's off the third album. It's about fucking pizza. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, whole yeah. song is, and that was like the first song anyone ever showed. Granola's fucking chives. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's kind of like how one of the first corn uh, songs I ever heard was Twist, and that's the one where he just does his, you know, freak on a leash when he starts his growl beatboxing. Yeah. It's just that the whole time, mm-hmm. and then the chorus like he's aggressive, right? It's going really hard, and then the uh, chorus is just like a really light guitar, and he just goes Twist, <laughs> Twist. <laughs> Twist, twist, and then he just goes into it, and you're like, oh my god. Um, I really like that song. Anyways, uh, also, we're getting the Black Freighter, where he is riding into town, uh, all dressed up with the lady, dead lady on the horse, and I thought this was really funny. They're, like, cantering down, and he sees a guard out, and he's like, oh god, I hope the guard doesn't, you know, suspect anything. <laughs> Maybe he must, must just assume we've argued. Like, that's why he's not saying anything. He's keeping his distance. And it's just a scarecrow. scarecrow. It's literally just a, st- a scarecrow that I he's, like, like, freaked out about. If you didn't realize in the last part that this dude's insane, now you realize. Crazy insane. And insane and crazy. crazy. Uh, and crazy. I say Hussein, you say shady. No, I say NATO. No. Keep it on brand. Yeah, yeah. Watchman. Huh. Uh, he, uh, not him. Sorry. I was got distracted there. The newsstand guy, uh, the newspaper man who's coming through to pick up the, the, the stack of papers, picks up his stuff and asks for one gazette, please. Uh, no offense, I'm in kind of a rush. And then Joey walks up, says, how are you, how are you doing? And Joey is not doing so good. Joey's wife, Aline, is meeting me from work tonight to discuss things. She's super upset because that clashes with Pale Horse's Madison Square gig, which was the, the flyer that she was showing... Oh, in the yeah. previous issue yeah. when she's talking about what she's doing. Um, so she's not having a fun. He goes, hey, lighten up. It ain't the end of the world. And he's like, um, I mean, at least, you know, figuratively <laughs> speaking, because everyone is on yeah. the edge. I mean, they're facing Armageddon. Meanwhile, uh, the very last thing we get of the uh, Black Freighter guy, I, whose name I can never remember, is that he spurred the horses on, winning unnerved by death's scent towards the inevitable confrontation. Dear God, let me have vengeance, then die swiftly, delivered at last into the hands of a higher judgment. Which is really cool. Oh, He's ready to die. I didn't realize... uh, He's going in for a murder-suicide. I didn't realize until now that these three pages flow into each other despite being 
uh, different subjects. Three three scenes. Yeah, yeah. The the Warshak scene with him dropping off his journal in the mail that flows into the the Black Freighter scene where the mail guy is picking it up and buying a gazette. Yep, and then that flows into this scene at the um, was this the Frontiersman? The Pioneer Publishing. Oh Inc. yeah. Uh, the new Frontiersman from Pioneer Publishing Inc. Yep, it flows. The, it's the postage man dropping it off to which that nerdy kid with the smiley face t-shirt grabs it and the guy's screaming at him to look at it and he actually opens it up he's like what's on there get to work and he opens up he says the first one some journal dead dog in alley this morning tire tread on burst stomach which is from the very very first uh issue i think it's actually the very first thing rorschach says isn't it Hmm, might be uh uh rorschach's journal october 12th 1985 dog carcass in the alley this morning tire tread on burst stomach yeah yeah it's the very first thing he says well not exactly this guy must have surmised it because he says dead dog in alley but anyways yeah close enough yep uh and the guy's like what the this is really nice the guy's like what the fuck is this get what this is nonsense and he's like oh here's one about fluoride turning people into homos (laughs) he's like you know what throw it on the crank file throw them all on the crank they're putting chemicals in the water making the freaking frogs gay is that a real thing um, Someone said Megan the Frog. I've heard that a lot and yeah, never yeah, found it's out. Alex what it was Jones. Ah, oh, yeah. that's why it came from. I've heard that like in memes and stuff. I never knew where it came from. I mean, it's not like a conspiracy or anything. Right. Like there are at t- times chemicals that accidentally get leaked into the or water. On purpose. That yeah, potentially. I mean, potentially. I mean some of these com- companies like. BP just like, hey, oh no, our oil spilled yeah. everyone. Whoops. But yeah, sometimes chemicals accident- accidentally right. get into water and it does affect the wildlife. And there was one such case where it was affecting the gender of frogs that were in that particular pond. So he ran with it. And then he was like, frickin' frickin' frogs gave! Frickin', oh, they made a song frogs. out of it? Oh, of Jesus, course they made a yeah. song out of it. It's the internet. Yeah. What am I thinking? Uh, so he, but, but the, it's exactly this shit. Well, and the good thing about it is, you know, he's yelling at him. Put them all on the crank file. Throw them away. War's coming, and this paper has a mission. God damn it! I won't see truth and integrity buried beneath an avalanche of drivel. The only thing true, maybe not the most integrity, but the only thing true in there is literally getting put under the crank file and buried by nonsense. Yep. It's kind of I don't know. It's kind of cool. While we stand around sorting junk mail, we could miss something important. Hell, face it, the Reds could have emptied their silos five minutes ago. The birds could be in the air right now. Which transitions to Archie, the bird, being in the (laughs) air, flying into Antarctica. And they're having issues with flying, and Night Owl points out, like, we just spent fucking hours underwater, and the very first thing I do is take it up into, like, you know, 30,000 feet in the air and fly towards Antarctica. Maybe not the best. Yeah, probably not. Everything's freezing, seizing up. The engines shut off while they're in the air. Uh, they're having trouble controlling. And the whole time, Russia is just like, uh, Dan, um, we're uh, a little shaky. Uh, Dan, <laughs> Dan. Uh, we're falling. Uh, Dan, uh, the engine just cut off. Uh, Dan, Like, he's being so chill about the fact that they're in for a crash landing. To which, they crash land. Uh, and they slide out. And Night Owl is very confident that he can fix it. It'll just take some time. Hey, Rorschach, how about you get the gliders out, and we'll figure it out. And he's like, <laughs> I actually like this part. Oh, yeah, I remember these. Use these when we took Underboss. Remember sl- riding along sewer? And <laughs> Night Owl, yes, they knew we couldn't get Archie down there, and they figured they were safe. And then you shoot out the tunnel with all the gas cloud and the rats running ahead of you. Man, their faces. And Rorschach's like, yes, good night. Think of it often. As I recall, control simple, just two pedals and steering column. I like I like the idea that when Rorschach's not breaking pinkies and murdering rapists, he's like, 
Remember that time we spooked that guy? <laughs> that was really fun. Like, that was a good night. That was a good night. And, and then I threw him down the elevator shaft. Yeah. And he, and oh, and he, by the way, we missed this part. He says, you know, Rorschach, I can make, give you something warmer. And he's like, nope, I'm good like this. Literally just a trench coat and a hat and gloves. It's Antarctica. Yeah, it can only be what? Negative 30 out. It's Although I, fucking dance outfit. He looks like an actual owl. It's a snow owl. owl. Yeah, yeah, it's a straight up snow owl outfit. And Rorschach, on the other hand, is just riding. He didn't even care. And uh, so you see it and it turns out as you see them riding through, it zooms out. It's on one of, actually, it's on every single one of Ozymandias' screens. And he goes, hmm, it's all right, girl. Everything's all right. And you get the quote of this chapter, which is from Bob Dylan. Outside in the distance, a wild cat did growl. Two riders were approaching. The wind began to howl. That is applicable to all three stories we were told in this issue. Yep. Two riders being the president and vice president getting ready for Armageddon. The wind howling being fucking nuclear war. Uh... The Black Freighter, riding in with the dead woman, getting ready to seek revenge and murder everyone in the town. That's the wind howling. And of course, these two right here, riding in to dissolve this entire plan and everything that's going on. That's really well done. Yeah, it's every story. They're all linked. They're all tied together and not in an obnoxious way. It just kind of flows. It just flows. It's wonderful. So yeah, they're there. They're ready. And Ozymandias, of course, because he doesn't have PJs, is wearing his badass costume. And then we get three, four, I'm going to say three pieces of uh, information. We're in, the, we're in the after credits. That was the end, by yep. the way. If we said the quote, it's the end. Chapter 10. Um, I, I do want to say as we talk about these, these are all within like the relative time frame of where right. we are in the book. Right. Because they do reference the fact that Jacoby uh, Moloch is already dead. Right. And the very first one is... Uh, someone writing to Adrian, one of the marketing people, the president of marketing and development, Leo Win- Winston. Hey, man, uh, we would love to make more toys and capitalize on what's going on right now with the hero resurgence and the war. Like, let's make, uh, there's legal issues, and we've gone around all of them to making a Moloch, a Night Owl, a Rorschach, and I would appreciate it if you'd let us make a Bubastis one. Uh, here's the reasoning. I understand you may have an attachment uh, towards this i wanted to let you know we'll talk about it at our meeting literally the whole thing is just a breakdown of that yep. oh and here's a pamphlet that shows you what it'll look like and then you go to the next page which is that pamphlet and adrian's response take it away oh well he pretty much says that for ethical reasons oh do you want me to read it or no 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah for ethical reasons he can't use uh all the other characters which i'm not sure if it's he actually thinks it's ethically wrong to use these right. people's likeness without their permission or the fact that he's murdered one of them and he's going <laughs> to murder the other two. <laughs> I would assume... So at the point of time of writing that, he has no plans to murder the other two. Oh, that's true. He was happy with Rorschach in jail and Night Owl was a non-issue. Like, literally, Night Owl is the only hero in all of this who doesn't get any form of Adrian precaution. Yeah. Sally and John pretty odd not sally Lori, Lori and john very obvious what happens to them mm-hmm. rorschach again obvious goes to jail moloch dead comedian killed night owl literally just gets ignored mm-hmm. through the whole thing because he should ignore him he knows dan's yeah. person so they even have the conversation way back earlier uh before the assassination attempt or no after where he's like uh yeah you know rorschach's on about his stuff he's crazy are you sure everything's okay and adrian back then was just like Go home, Dan. Like, yeah, we're fine. 
Um, I would say bring this point up again when we get to that part. Right. Yeah. Right. Because he's also right. So yeah, he's he's just rolls with it. Um, but I think the ethical reason why he doesn't want them used is because he has been, and in that chapter when he was talking with Dan and when Rorschach confronts him, he has been very open about the fact that he only wanted to make his stuff public because he wanted the money to save the world. He yep. he wanted to have this massive enterprise and the money to buy all these companies, handle the clean energy, work with John, yada, yada. So I feel like to him making money off any of them else when he's doing so good on his own is like, that's really selling out. That's selling out and then some. I do feel like he would actually be respectful of Dryberg's privacy. Yeah, yeah. Rorschach doesn't matter because everyone knows his name now. Right. Uh, At this point, yeah, Walter, uh, which they didn't, it doesn't ever say if if that has happened yet, but I would assume that's maybe right around the corner as well. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like it was just merely a, I am not a sellout. I'm just capitalizing on myself. If I did this to all of you guys, that would be the ethical dilemma of me just like saying, fuck it, I'm making money off everyone. Which, that does really fit his character. Yeah. He, even though he's willing to do morally ambiguous things, mm-hmm. he it's the idea that like... He's doing them. Yeah. He's the one in the right. Yeah. And the the end product is what's really important yes um so yeah so he says you know we're cool except those i'll talk to you later also by the way i love the bubastis one can you please send me one so i can give it to bubastis because he would love it and i thought that was really cute but um then you get a, a letter from adrian to his company where he's saying hey you know how we have men and women's lines of stuff fuck all that we're going with a single line of the future of utopia called the millennium line and it's going to apply to all people. Yeah, and, and this letter fits his characters real well with what we saw earlier with him looking at the TVs, mm-hmm. where he's looking at the logic of what's going on. He's like, well, with war coming up, either war happens and people die, and oh, well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or we avert it and we have peace, and, that way, and during these times, people either look quasi to the past or towards the future in these fantasies in order yeah. to not... To, it was like post World War II, how we started talking about in the year 2000, we'll have flying cars and jetpacks, and everyone's going to be awesome and automated futures, and everyone was so hopeful. Yeah, the Jetsons and all that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's what people are going to want, so we're going to get a head start on it, and we're going to plan for the year 2000, millennium. Which is the exact opposite of what happened in the years 2000s, where we had another war, <laughs> and we regressed like 70 years. Yep. <laughs> so, woo! Uh, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not a political podcast. Not a political yeah, no, podcast. No, 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 no. So yeah, that was really cool. It shows that he's, you know, a thinking man and all that good stuff. And he wants it to be sexual, erotic, but tasteful, yada, yada. I, I do like it. was like, oh yeah, I, I have noticed that we uh, used a semi, sort of androgynous people, you know, yeah. to get into the gay market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, specifically. That's a market. Yeah. You you know about the gay Barbie? So there gay was, Barbie? Yeah, there was a Ken doll that was released in the 90s, I think it was, or early 2000s. That was, it was supposed to be like Rave Ken. It was supposed to be like the cool Ken. So it had him in a mesh top. Mm-hmm. It had him with earrings. And it had around his neck a, a medallion, let's call it, a circle. Because at that time in those clubs, which the marketing department apparently didn't know was what gay people were doing, not just, you know, the right side Fred time where everyone thought they were straight. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, 
it's a cock ring. Yeah. Gay men were wearing cock rings around their neck to raves. It was a aesthetic. It was a look, you know, kind of like the binky thing for people who did XT. Yeah. And they made a Ken doll that had that. And they thought this was party Ken. This was cool mm. Ken. Oh. No, you're making gay, drugged out rave Ken. And it became the best-selling Barbie doll of all time. And they pulled it in under a year. So, like, oh. in that time, gay men bought every single one that existed. People were buying them because they thought they were cool. And it turns out it was a massive gay market. And they, why they would retract from that, obviously it's a PR thing, whatever. Yeah. But fucking, they made themselves millions. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, look into that story sometime. It's really funny. Anyways, in the very last page, uh, I actually didn't read all of it because I didn't find the need. It's literally just yeah. the Vite method of being a healthy, fit person. It's it, like one of those cheesy brochures. Yeah, it's it's like a lot of the stuff back then is like, oh, do this and you'll gain all these muscles. But his is really all that like mind over yeah. matter, like new age uh, thinking. Like here's a couple of the blurbs. The one's called understanding the self, health and the body, creating a new you, you in the world. Like it's not like, you know, eat more hamburgers and work out and you'll get big biceps. You know, this is. Although the message itself, it's like, uh, just as you are a whole organic being complete unto yourself, so are you part of a low, larger social organism consisting of the people around you, the people you work with, and ultimately the whole world. This is like the sort of stuff that uh, Rorschach says, oh, he's a very liberal-minded pe- person, right. yeah, the very, possibly homosexual. Yeah, we'll investigate <laughs> further. The very final line is, there's a bright new world just around the corner. It's going to need heroes just as badly as this one does, and one of them could be you. All best wishes and encouragement, Adrian Bite. Piece of shit. Uh, no, he's awesome. I love Adrian. I actually really like Ozymandias' entire look, and the end that's on the on the, on the the perfume bottle was a consideration because they use that in Doomsday Clock as well. Oh, neat. Um, because obviously he's still, his products are still being sold. He's just a piece of shit. Um, yeah. And everyone lashes out at him. But yeah, chapter 10, rating. What do you give it? Well, since this is chapter 10, right. I should give it a 10. As one does. Because the writing was just very phenomenal for this yeah. one. Like, everything that was pieced together, the attention for detail, carrying on from what was pre in previous chapters and carrying it over, and just all the little clues that they put in that mm. were like, one, you should have realized by now from the clues, they'll tell you at, like at near the end of the chapter, Vites behind it. Right. That's the easy of the two mysteries. The the heart of the two mysteries is, have you been paying attention through all these 10 chapters to figure out what's he going to do? Right. Because you can probably figure that out by now. Yeah. But if you're like me, who read it for the first time, you're like, oh, what? Yeah, I mean, that's the point of, like, watching movies and stuff. You know, people will rewatch through. Memento is a big one. You know, yes. you watch it the first time, you're just like, oh, fuck, what, what? And then you watch the second time, you're like, oh, 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 yep, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. Exactly. Um, I also really like, so you get the reveal of the big villain. And my favorite thing about this, and, and me and Trevor talked a lot about this, so Watchmen is the deconstruction of the superhero genre. I've said that, like, 12, 13, 14 times. Yep. This is not an action book. You find out the big reveal is a man sitting behind TVs. Yep. The big reveal is a very James Bond-esque reveal. This was a chess match. This was not Rorschach, the guy who started this book off punching his way to the end. This was not, you know, Dr. Manhattan magicking his way to the end. This was literally a thinking game and that and nothing oh, more. In the final confrontation, there's a, a line that he says that mm-hmm. you know what I'm thinking yeah. about that just says all of that. Yeah. So that the reveal of that 
is one of my favorite things. Um, yeah, it's co- extremely consistent with the theme of right. the book so far. Every time you think someone's going to do a sweet double backflip gain- gainer kick dodge slash, it's like, no, he just wrote a cool letter. And yeah. you're like, oh, fucking, it's good, but it, it's it's so 10 out of 10. That and most of, the, most of the action that we do get usually is underplayed. Yeah, yeah, it just happens. Yeah, like... In the movie... That's uh, the biggest the, 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 thing the, the movie misses. In uh, the movie, the top-knot fight with uh, him and Laurie, they're just, like, breaking yeah. it. Oh, it's Which, so don't crappy. get me wrong, and when we get there, I'll talk about it, is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. But in in, uh, in the book, like, in that chapter, it's like, panel of something happening, oh, they're doing something, other panel of yeah. other things happening. It's able oh. to overlay yeah. it. It's able to kind of hide it behind what you should be paying so, attention to. In that respect, I do agree on some level with alan moore's um opinion that this is the only medium that he could have told the story right yeah i i yeah when we wrap up issue 12 i have a big thing i like talking about when i talk about that uh they've tried it with the show and they did that very successfully but with a new story not this story yes using elements from the story and the movie tried to follow this as closely as it could while still missing 90% 90% of the nuances of what it is. And if you read this in just a book, the amount of time it would have to tell you explaining the scenery because of how much they hide would be fucking bull, like dull and boring. Yeah. You'd be like, well, nothing's happening. What am I doing? This is how you experience this story. That's why when I say, Watchmen, they go, that your favorite book? I go, no, it's my favorite piece of art. My favorite song, my favorite movie, my favorite... It doesn't matter. Watchmen is better than everything. I also To do, me. Yeah. I do think a movie was the wrong way to... Right. Because there was that whole big craze back in the, the 2000s of like, we need movies for these things. Yeah. The, what Still I love, kind of going on. What I love with recently is... Um, Miniseries. You, yeah. Mini, you watch The Witcher, yeah. Altered Carbon, right. Castlevania. They're like... Watchmen. Watchmen. We have these big continuities that you can't just parse down into a movie and the only people that can pull off something like that is marvel because they have like 20 something movies to express all of this because they took their time to do it i mean they took their time people don't want to take their time and and not their fault the attention span of the average person nowadays is that sounds like an old person thing to say i mean specifically in regard to entertainment yeah and especially with how they market it it's right here right now give me two hundred dollars not give me $400 over the next three or four years. It's like, right now I want your money, so we're going to hype this up. And that's why a lot of these new streaming services, like Disney+, Plus, um, Hulu does it, uh, uh, DC Universe did it, They're, the Netflix model of dropping an entire season in one drop is some people consider harmful. You're, you're just like, I, I'm guilty of it. Stranger Things season one. I freaking loved it. I still haven't seen two, three, or four, cause after, or two or three, because after one ended, I had to wait a year and a half, and I just didn't care. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. And that's what movies suffer from. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they did it. They took their time, which most people wouldn't like, and it paid off. And they had Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Without him, I'm not sure the MCU is as big as it is. But, I'll probably not know. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree. This this is this is it. This is a jam. Yep. 10 out of 10. Easy 10 out of 10. That's the easiest 10 out of 10? No. Oh, yeah. Manhattan was the easiest 10 out of oh, 10 yeah. I gave. Man, Man, Manhattan chapters are usually really yeah. well learned. But those, they're written in a different manner than this yes. chapter. Because, well, they have to be. Like, it's, 
how should I describe it? Manhattan is if you're like building one solid building. Right. And you're just building it up and you're making it the best building you can. While this chapter, chapters like these are like if you're building a campus, you have several different yeah. buildings you're building and then you got to bring it all together. Right. It's two entirely different philosophies of writing and techniques you got to use, but they still both portray a very powerful story. Yeah. Well, when you're the best writer of the past 60 years, that might not be true. There's some pretty good writers mm-hmm. out there. But Alan Moore's the best. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Maybe you should write more books. <laughs> no, he wrote a lot of books, and yeah, I would yeah. like to do more of them in the future. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, From Hell, Swamp Thing, Superman. There's a lot of good ones. Anyways, final comments? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I think I got everything I need to say. Oh, yeah, we went an hour and a half. We did great. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah we that's, did That's a, that's a good right. episode. Today is the wrap-up of 10. I'm really upset we're not doing 11, 12 all in one go because this is where uh, it really kicks off. Like, I was good with one what? episode at a time. Do, do you want to do 11, 12 as a, like, kind of finale? Let's let's plan for just 11, but I can't remember how 11 ends, and I might be, like, chomping at the bit. Yeah, so we'll play by ear. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, I wanted to keep going right now, but I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa. I, I know. It, it the was, reveal yeah. was a good reveal. I'm happy to wrap it up. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, otherwise... Uh, this has been Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. And I'm Craig. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.